heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Talk about it. You go through an election. It's always what if, what if, or you kind of start to think, well, will that really happen? And you know, it's almost like you fast forward through these news cycles, okay? At least this is my sense. And then you're talking about the problems, the, 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 the minutia, the details of those issues, and you really forget the end goal of, you know, what are they really after? In fact, I think a lot of us lose sight of the end goal. Uh, I, you know, again, you know me, I like to bring it up to 30 or sometimes 50,000 feet to really look at what the hell they're up to. The, the frog in the pot kind of thing, of course. But well, here's the question I want you to think about and ponder just a moment. And I've been given this serious thought uh, when you look at, you know, how screwed up things are right now. And, and here's the thing I'm wondering, you know, first off, you don't I'm not hearing a lot from the moderates, independents, and the Democrats just left of center. You notice you're not hearing those voices much. I I just don't hear them. Versus when Trump was in there, that's all you heard. Uh, You know, oh, my God, this is reckless. We got to get him out of there. You know, and it was all of that. That Twitter feed is out of control and everything that's going on. And that's all we heard. But you don't hear those voices right now. What I'm seeing in the room is a lot of silence, really and truly. I mean, the problems are huge. I mean, whether it's, you know, foreign policy, whether it's border security, whether it's economics, uh, whether it's, you know, what the hell color we're going to paint the White House today, right? Uh, is it white? <laughs> and, uh, you know, here, here's the thing. I mean, you know, we forget all of those things. And then you ask yourself, what is the end goal? So here's the question to ponder today, okay? that I've been given some thought to. Will our friends to the left, and when I say friends to the left, I'm not talking about the far Marxists, the people who, you know, swallow the Democrat Party whole. These people are our enemies, really. And the problem is we have them in government positions. But will Democrat voters remember in the next election just how screwed up things are and where we're headed. That that really is the thing I ponder quite a bit. Because in, what worries me is we have very short memories. And of course, the media and the political operatives play to that because they change the sheet of music immediately to get to the next crisis, you see. And they only handle one crisis. Now, for instance, in the last many days, I've noticed the crisis, of course, is, you know, the sky is falling, our economics and our debt and what have you. But, you know, there's no talk in the media about Afghanistan. They were happy to bury that. Now, what do you think would have happened if that was Donald Trump's watch in Afghanistan with the generals and that he went against all of them? What do you, what do you think the outcry would be? My, my friends, they would be wanting another impeachment of this president. They'd find a reason. And they would, or they'd go to the 25th Amendment to say, this guy is mentally deranged. It'd be one or the other for sure. But there's silence everywhere. You see what I mean? The silence in there. And then it's on to the next crisis, you see? And that, that really is where I start here. And that big question, how do we, you know, how do this pain, uh, and, and I call it an infliction of pain. 
will they remember the pain of the next election with the short memories? And how do we get, I, I mean, what I want to do right now, quite frankly, is keep the pain right there. I want to get the screwdriver, stick it in there, ratchet that sucker up. You know, yeah, no, we're not going to, we're not going to increase the debt to you. No, deal with it. Well, but it's going to look bad. What the hell do you think looks bad? What we just did in Afghanistan, that made us look marvelous around the world. I mean, come on, people. So just, you know, ratchet it up just a bit. Feel the pain. Everybody should feel the pain. Let's feel the pain for the next couple of years. How does that sound? Let's bring on Michael McCarthy. Uh, Mike is a student of free market economics and foresaw the acceleration of this big government mess we're in right now. He's got several really outstanding books out there. The Noah Option is the prophetic novel that you can get in the America Out Loud bookstore, any, or any bookstore for that matter. Uh, Mike, you see where I'm at here right now in, in regards to the, the big question I put out there about the pain factor and how much, because I, I really worry about the short memories people have and how... I, you know, call me weird, odd, whatever, but I'd like to see that pain stay right there, right through the next midterm, right into the next general election, because you know what? Yeah, I mean, I know this doesn't sound right to a lot of people, but, you know, we are messed up pretty big. And are we worried about reputation? Mike, I think we've already screwed up our reputation worldwide. Have we not? Absolutely. And I think the uh, the other party, the Republicans and conservatives need to remind them of the pain. They need to keep having slogans like, like your toilet paper, vote Republican. Like your mask, vote Democratic. See, you, you bring up a great point uh, right there because why is it, do you think, Mike, really and truly, because you hit on this point a lot, I noticed through your writings, why is it the Republicans always given so easy? They always you know, bend over and take one for the team. Of course, it ain't really the team they're taking it for. It's the communist group. But why is it they give in so easy? They don't fight like the, the left does. No, absolutely. They, they buy into the guilt factor. They somehow <laughs> feel guilty about what they have. And this is true of whether it's uh, self-made entrepreneurs like Jeff Bezos or whoever that uh, through hard work uh, get to where they are and then they want to feel guilty about it and support their enemies. Remember, uh, Lenin said that the capitalists will sell us the rope that we'll use to hang them. Th these are the Republicans giving the Democrats the rope to hang them legislatively and otherwise. But if you really look at the damage that's happening right now, you have to begin to understand if you keep taking it for what the communist team, uh, I think you know as well as I know, Mike, about everybody listening, know there's gonna be nothing left. Because what we're seeing right now is the dismantling of a great republic. Um, and, you know, this, this, this sense that people have out there, and I, and I, I feel it every day. I, I get it with comments and listener remarks, and we're overwhelmed with feedback and people that just understand. So that pain factor that is out there right now, the, the fact that people realize we're, uh, we're sort of in a bit of a free fall, I guess, is one way to describe it. In other words, it's one debacle after the next. There's nothing going right at the moment. And everybody knows it. There, it you know, someone asked me the question the other day, what, can you name me some things that Joe Biden has done for liberty or done for Amer the American people? Mike, can you answer that? No, I can't. You know, all, all, what he's done for the American people is increased uh, the shortages. He has taken us into a Soviet-style shortage economy 
mm-hmm. where we're now seeing empty shelves on uh, grocery stores and the return of toilet paper shortages and one thing or another. Costco is restricting the sales of uh, toilet paper. Are they well, still doing that, Mike? This is what I'm hearing recently. And, okay. and this is um, this never happened under Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is completely a Joe Biden plan. And we know the root cause of it is these uh, unemployment payments that pay people more to stay home than to go out on a job. So it's a it's a it's not a question of laziness. It's a rational economic decision. Which job shall I take? Stay home and get more money or get up in the morning and go to work and get less money? Well, obviously, you say, I'll take the job that pays more. So it's the Democrats that have done this. And of course, their their uh cover story for doing this is the COVID. COVID, as I said in my latest article, is not a medical issue. It's a political issue. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you hit it uh, really well with that piece you're talking about. Uh, It's entitled COVID is political power, not medicine. And it it gets into, uh, again, the, the, the power grab we're experiencing right now. Let's talk a moment, Mike, sincerely, honestly, about the end goal. Um, when you see the kinds of things we're, we're dealing with right now, and, you know, and again, I'm wondering from the side view mirror here, what we've already talked about with Republicans, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, do they hold tight? Do they stay as a unit, which is what the left has done really, really well. But the problem is they're driving us off a cliff. And I'm just wondering if the, if the Republicans can hold together as a group, as a collective, to be able to make a difference. And, you know, and and oftentimes, Mike, too, I want to remind listeners that it's not unusual sometimes in our history and where we are as a people, and I've seen this repeatedly, where we have to go through pain. In other words, I've seen a lot of comments recently from Chuck the Schmuck Schumer there, and uh, he's, uh, you know, going, he, he's really calling out the Republicans and using just what they do on the left, using all kinds of uh, adjectives and soft uh, uh, ball throws. And, uh, you know, as far as why they should be doing the right thing at the moment, of course, they never did the right thing to work with the Trump administration ever. They fought him and tried to dismantle him and pull him out of office. But that was OK. Now it's you got to be doing the right thing. And what are you doing kind of thing? What, yeah, what, it's the- the Republicans need to need to grow a backbone. Huh. The Democrats for years have been practicing their various uh, name calling. They tried racist. That didn't work. They tried the patriarchy. That didn't work. They called they tried white privilege. That didn't work. So now they're calling COVID. Oh, not wearing a mask. Don't you aren't you being irresponsible and, and endangering everybody around you? Uh, we won't go into all the, the pros and cons on that. Your other speakers and columnists have done that quite well. But the point being, they want the power to tell you what to do. And the Republicans need to say, I don't care if they call me a bunch of names. I'm going to do the right thing. That's the question right there, the right thing. All right, so what's the end goal? What are they really after? Seriously, serious question, not just, well, socialism. I I hear that word a lot, but what are they really after in this country? Well, socialism gives people who have no uh, marketplace competence Mm -hmm. uh, the power to make decisions, life and death decisions over all of us. Whenever the government controls everything, as in Venezuela, all healthcare is, is routed through the government. If you're a dissident, all they have to do is cancel your healthcare card. 
You can't go to a hospital. You can't go to a doctor. So the smallest infection, you're done. Dictators always want life and death decision-making power, whether it's Joe Stalin, where it's Mao, whether it's Paul Pot. They want to be able to force you what they want you to do under the power of life and death. So the COVID and all this extending medical uh, control is just a cover story for that. That's the end game they're looking for. And the current trillion dollar bill being debated, buried in that bill is further expansion of government control of a healthcare so that they can tell your doctor, oh, you can or can't prescribe this and that medicine. There's a lot of things buried in those bills as, as a standard operating procedure for Washington now, uh, where you never really know what's in any bill because there's so much pork and so much uh, of this garbage put into these bills and they get approved and they have their pet projects and they're out there. Uh, and, you know, and this is the expansion and the, the government being bloated here. Um, this whole thing now with COVID you bring up, you know, they're using the new variants uh, the new conversations, as you say, Mike, and using COVID as political power. And they're using it through fear. Nothing is sadder to me than when you see what's really taken place with, with a lot of Americans. I, I see them all the time, even still to this day, even still at this point when this thing should be long gone by, as far as not, I mean, it can be a problem, but not the crisis they're putting it out to be for the entire country. I still see people that are by themselves. I just in the last many days have full mask on outside. And it, it just, it reminds one how, not, not just how screwed up it all is, but, but how much brainwashing there's been to the American people and the, the American psyche. And I'm seeing that everywhere, Mike. It's, it's, I, that's the damage that's been done. Now that damage what worries me right now is that damage is going to be long lasting. I don't see this COVID thing. This is not, you know, this is not a, we're not going to get over this easy. They're going to keep dragging this out. It doesn't appear there's any end in sight with, oh, finally we're over. You can throw that away and throw that away and let's just get on with life. It doesn't seem to be happening, does it? No, it doesn't. And it's because it's their lever to power. As long as they've got COVID to hold over our heads, uh, they keep, uh, the power to tell us to do all these things, and they are conditioning people. Uh, and, and even with this latest um, vaccination mandate by Biden, they said there's no there's no way companies know who's vaccinated and who's not. It's strictly by people ratting you out to the CDC or whoever or to the OSHA to say, well, my buddy so and so isn't vaccinated, and and uh, you need to fire him and. So on. And so there are, in the name of public health, they are encouraging people to be informers on each other so that you don't have to have 10 billion secret policemen. You've got your fellow citizens, your neighbors, your co-workers who will inform on you, which is how the Soviet Union kept in power for so long. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, they're pitting American against American, uh, and it goes further than that. They're pitting family members, husbands against wives, family members against each other, friends. I know because I can't tell you and describe to you how many how many email communications and comments come in here, uh, and it's 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 um, it's earth shattering to see a lot of these comments. Their lives are being torn apart. Uh, people don't know 
what the next step is or where they should go. And it's all fear induced. This whole COVID, this whole COVID thing has been fear induced from the beginning. It's still going on, Mike. And I don't see an end in sight. I have friends who their their grown children have told them, we will not come visit you until you get vaccinated. So there's family member against family member. No, exactly what you're saying. They, they, they're, and I see them. They're, they're, that's what they're telling us. Uh, they're, they're saying, you know, well, my parents or my in-laws and even their parents, they, I, I seen just communications the other day, the, the, the grandkid, the little six, seven year old wanted to hug the grandparents. Uh, they, they said that they would put a mask on the kid. And so if they could just go up around their legs and hug the grandparent with a mask on and wash up and everything else is what the parents said to the grandparents. And this ought to break your heart. And the grandparents said back, no, they couldn't take a chance and couldn't do it. Now, I mean, you tell me what kind of damage that does to that kid. Exactly. And this is the long arm of the federal government reaching down into families and turning children against parents and grandchildren and so forth over these issues because of the brainwashing that's been occurring. And um, this is the new dictatorship of the therapeutic state. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The, the third. I, I encourage my uh, your your listeners to read uh, read history. There's a great history book called Modern Times by the British historian Paul Johnson, where he documents all the murders committed by Mao and Stalin and so forth. Once they get the power, it's completely arbitrary. They don't like the way you look at them. Boom. Off to the gulag you go. Yeah. All right. So right now, then, let, let's discuss this uh, the, this end result. Uh, of what we're looking at, uh, you know, will people remember all this coming into the election? This, the moderates, the Democrats, the left of center, real, real people who have real views that we can see, you know, not talking about the crazy left or the Marxist left that have swallowed a good part of that Democrat party whole. What do you think happens as a people now? And let's talk about in our time here, Mike, fixing the problem. Do you see that, um, this sinking into people and the transition of power. What do you, what's your gut tell you? Because we're on a trajectory right now that's taken us to a whole nother area. This is a far left extreme turn for America. This is really communism that's being put right here. And people say to me every day, I can't believe I'm living and that communism has taken over America. That's the words they're using with me. What do you think's happening between now and let's say the midterm? Well, I, I think they're going to continue using their uh, COVID power. COVID's the magic word that makes everybody fall into line. Uh, and I think the, those of us who are in opposition need to keep reminding people, this is not the new normal. It's the new normal if you allow them to make it the new normal. Uh, remember back when grocery, store, <laughs> grocery shelves were full? Remember when you can get toilet paper? Remember when you can get whatever you needed? The current shortages are not normal. This is completely a product of socialism, communism, call it what you will, but central control. Whenever you make control far away from you, uh, they end up with bad decision-making and and they can't fulfill demand. That's what the beauty of the free market is, is decentralized decision-making. So we've got to keep reminding people, say, remember when the grocery stores, uh, the shelves were full? I can remember in an early article I published years ago, coming up with a, a picture off the internet of store shelves in the, in the old Soviet Union. They were only like 10% filled. I mean, it's mostly empty, 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 empty. And we say that is what communism produces. 
they're getting people used to that idea. Say, oh, well, we're out of toilet paper, we're out of bottled water, we're out of this and that. Say, no, it doesn't have to be that way. We need to remind people, just rewind just four years ago. Yeah, you know, just go back to November 2019 before all this happened and you see the position the country was in uh, before they really had COVID as that political power you talk about, Mike. Um, your point at the end here is very important uh, to remind people keep that we need to keep reminding them this is not the new normal. Uh, Mike, thanks for stopping by the Voice of a Nation, brother. Malcolm, glad to do it. And uh, I, I hope your listeners um, will take it to heart. Yeah, well, that, that's what we need everybody to take it to heart for sure. You know, we, we've been talking from the very beginning about this uh, new normal. And, um, you know, you, you've heard me talk about it many times, um, the, the, you know, because the, they were using that as a talking point for the longest time about what the new normal would look like. And, you know, so that is really a lesson and uh, I think a point that we need to highlight here, my fellow Americans. And, you know, let's keep reminding all of us, this is not the new normal. It's not the new normal. It certainly isn't the new normal for America. So we want to take this agenda and flip it back and get back to the greatness of America. I've often remarked over the years, one of the remarkable things about our country is that, and, and, I, and I've seen this growing up as a young kid coming through business in the corporate boardrooms and certainly as a uh, public figure now and a political guy. And But what I've seen is that the country has a tendency to correct itself. And I, and I have taken a lot of pride in that. So, you know, when we were going through the Obama years as an, as an example here, okay, I was very uncomfortable. And I had just left the corporate boardrooms and I started to rail against the Barack Obama agenda uh, and his transformation of America that I did not agree with. I knew that this was a cancer to our country and his whole hope and change program. Now, the reason I bring him up, and I get tired of talking about this, not that that's a, you know, it's a, sometimes seems like it's an easy target, but, you know, Biden is that agenda, that Jen Zaki and that whole group, if you look at the pictures back with the Obama White House and you see who's in there now, it's the same political operatives. And it's the same people that are put throughout, layered throughout all our government agencies. That is a problem. We never did drain the swamp. And that's the one thing Trump never really did get done because he, all those bureaucracies and government agencies, in fact, that's where the Trump administration had the biggest problem, right? That's it. I mean, remember all the times everything was leaked? There was another leak, another leak. Oh, it was another leak to the Washington Post. There was another leak to the New York Times. <clears throat> there was another leak to NBC. We don't know why. And, uh, oh, he's got another book out. And it was this constant drip, drip, drip. Well, that came from uh, this establishment, which is layered in bureaucracy throughout D.C. And these are people who are empowered. They think that they, uh, they, think they own it. They, you know, it's that they really do. They, they day in and day out and they think they own it. They don't recognize they work for the American people. You know, if you're in those positions, you, you work for the American people. That, that's who you work for. And of course, the politicians do as well. But of course, they don't know that either anymore. They, they get away with the past and they just keep doing it time and time again. So this, this whole notion that we're invincible, we've got to put that aside. We, we've got to forget that because we can go down. And we're in the process of being sucker punched right in the gut. 
right in the gut. So this whole thing about, well, let's just make it better right now. Here's what we can't do right now. Let me be clear with you. What we can't do right now is put a Band-Aid on things. To hell with the Band-Aids. No more Band-Aids, people. Okay? We don't need any Band-Aids. And see, this is something where the Republicans are going to have to grow a spine. You see, I'm going to stay, stay, stay a gentleman. You see what I said? Grow a spine. Okay? All right? And they're going to have to do that and stand on principle. And now, when I say stand on principle, I'm talking about stand on our principles of our Constitution. Stand on principles of our freedoms and liberty. Stand by principles of what America stands for. Well, that's the deal. You know, we always say, well, what are we leaving for the kids and the grandkids? And someone said that to me the other day. Well, these people, you know, they, they really don't care. They only care about themselves. I said, well, don't they have kids? Uh, or is the left not having kids anymore? Well, you know, how do you compute that? Well, I, I, it's a good question. You know, how do we compute that? I think they're so convinced and they're so saturated in this BS that they, many of them, I, you have to, well, you question many times, do they realize the damage that is being done to the country? And I think many of them do right now, actually. That's why I said when we started here, do you notice how silent things are? How, and they really are, they're quiet. Those people that usually have the biggest mouths, you know, on the left there, yeah, what I'm talking about, and that never shut up about whatever. There's a lot of quietness there right now. They, I don't see a lot of people out there. I mean, there are a couple, but these are loosey gooseys that are way off the plantation here. And, um, you know, but, but you know, there, most people, it's, it's quietness. They're not speaking about it because they don't really know what to make of this whole thing. I mean, how many people can stand there with a straight face and defend what took place in Afghanistan? How many people? I mean, come on, people. How many? You know, you can count them on a hand, and these people, they're brain warped. You know, the same thing with a straight face. Can you sit and say to somebody, well, what's happening on our southern border is good for America. It's, uh, it, 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 you know, it's really good for our country and our survival, and, uh, you know, happy to see it. I mean, could people, could that, those Democrats, the moderates, the left, would they say that? See, this is why we got to keep reminding them. So back to the, and that's where the pain factor is in this. So I, I'm telling you right now, listen, listen I, I, I want the best for everybody. I have, I, but more than anything, I want to save our Republic. I want to save our country. Uh, absolutely. For, for everything, for every purpose, for where we sit, but surely for future generations. Absolutely. And so if that requires us to, you know, uh, what do you call it? Take your belt buckle off or take your belt off like I'm trying to do right now here and buckle that up one more time, even though it like hurts a little bit, you suck the gut in. You know, we've all done that. We're going to a party or something or seeing people we haven't seen for years. We suck it up a little bit, right? You want to get to from a 34 to a 32 waist or, a, or a, well, it, it, you know, th that's what I try to do. <laughs> Some people are maybe a 42 or 38. I don't know. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're going to tighten that belt up just a little bit. And but I think right now we're at the belt tightening moment, actually. And I actually think it's good for us to be a little uncomfortable. Uh, and I, I don't say that to be a smart guy, but I, I really believe this. I think we've got to continue to remind our country this is not the new normal. It's not. And we're not we're not going to have it. You see, and that's that's the fight forward, my friends. Now, 
Let's talk about uh, America Out Loud and the passion and what's happening back on the platform. Uh, it's, it's again, the outreach to our network is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Uh, and the people who are uh, really just looking for uh, truth, truth, uh, they're looking for advice. They Their lives have been turned upside down. And that, that really is what gets me the most is uh, the, the pain that people are going through. It really touches my heart, quite frankly. And I see the comments and the listener emails that come in. I, I address a lot of these with Q&As I've been doing on The Voice of a Nation here uh, with Dr. Peter McCullough. You've been hearing a lot of those. You've seen them in last days. There's more coming. Uh, they're very successful. These shows are probably our, our most successful on the entire network, actually. That's the kind of volume that are being driven to those segments. They're very informative is what's happening. And people want the information badly. Uh, and so we're trying to get that all out there. But also, you know, beyond the COVID and the fight we're talking about today, it's uh, it's the political power that has been grabbed and seized. We've got to remind everybody that's why we're in the boat we're in. That's why we're dealing with the problems we're dealing with here. Now, through all of this in the fear factor, the one thing we have to be careful is our psyche. You know, I want to tell you something. Early this morning, I was up very, very early and um, went out uh, for a, um, a walk in the beautiful uh, uh, dawn, the, the sky, the pretty colors. I just, you know, I got to tell you, ser seriously, I walk out the house and I see the amazing colors in the sky. And it was it was early, early, early dawn. So you know how it is when you see the sky. If you, if, well, if you've been up recently <laughs> and you see the sky at that point, where sort of you know the lights just coming in, you see the definition of you know at all. And I just I, I just had a moment, and I I grinned to myself, and I just stopped as I was walking to the car, and I I smiled, and I, I just thought, oh man, oh it's nice, nice. Nice to be alive. It's nice to see this beautiful sky. I really did. Took a moment and just looked and appreciated all of it and thought, hmm, wow. You know, isn't that the feeling we need really in America? Isn't that the feeling we need in our lives? You know, and, I, and I'm, I've, I've been through some rough, rough uh, patches here in the past uh, several months. If you've been listening, you know that. I'm not going to get into it now, but uh, been, through, been through a few rough patches, sure. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's appreciating the moment in life. Now, one of the ways I do that, my friends, is healthy cell. I love this product. I love it. I've been taking it now for well over three and a half years. It is outstanding. And it's because of the ingredients in the product and it's gel form. So, you, you know, you have, I mean, sure, the old vitamin pill back from the 1930s and 40s, this is a far refined product. And the things I've learned with it is anytime a product like that is liquid form or gel, it gets into your system quickly and it gets into your system, period, whereas pill form doesn't do that nearly as well. So that's one thing about the gel form. So you can take it right out of the package. You can add it to water. I add it to water, just a little bit of water, not much. You can put it on yogurt or whatever you want to put it on, actually. It's very good tasting. It's got like a black cherry kind of flavor, whatever. But it's it's good. And you 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 know, swirl it up with a spoon. I put it with a little water and I do that and I take a few other things with it. But it really is about your immune system, is what I want to tell you about right now. I can't stress this enough. If you want to see those pretty skies for a long time as you get older and as we mature, you know, right? I mean, and we get, you know, this is the beautiful time of life, really, as we grow up and we we, we get through all of those earlier stages and we learn life. Well, you got to do that with a healthy immune system.
And that helps you fight any of these diseases, viruses, COVIDs, put your immune system in a better position. So I'll recommend their products very much. They have REM sleep, helps you sleep at night. Focus helps your brain power. That's a terrific product. They have a lot of new products coming too, but their daily regimen, fantastic. And of course, the other one that people are loving is Immune Super Boost, which has got the echinacea, it's got the zinc, the A, the D, all the stuff that we're fighting COVID with. All that, my friends, is back at healthycell.com forward slash out loud. You get 20% off your first order there if you're a listener here with us with the out loud code now. You got to use that. Or just when you click through the banner ad at America Out Loud, it will know you're from our network as well when you see those banner ads. So I invite you there. I invite you to try the product, see what you think. Let me know what you think about it. Email me back. Let me know. You can reach me here at talk at americaoutloud.com. So that's how you do that. We're going to take a pause here, my fellow Americans. We'll be back with more of this uh, political power grab and COVID being used as a tool. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Welcome back to The Voice of a Nation. It is yours truly here, Malcolm Out Loud, and it's a joy to be with you always. Thanks for being with me on the mission here. As we continue on talking about this, you know, I'm talking about that pain factor, and I don't wish pain on anybody, by the way, to be clear with you. I think you know that about me. I don't wish that on anybody. Uh, however, uh, I do think as a, as a nation, as a people, 
I think it is important we uh, pay the price for what has taken place right now and we fix the problem. Uh, I kind of call it damage control a little bit, you know, I think rather than the Band-Aid things. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about how, uh, why we should prolong this right through the election. But let's do that right ahead here now with Carl Porfirio joins me. And Carl is one of my regulars here on the, the Voice of a Nation, as you know, part of our team nation. Uh, and I want to mention you. He also is the author of, of a fascinating book about his son. Uh, and it's it's called uh, My Daddy's Heart is Purple and, and about his family, actually. And it's in memory of his son and dedicated to his grandson. Uh, Carl is a gold star dad. And um, uh, Carl, um, so uh, talk about this uh uh, the Band-Aid. Now, typically what I find, Carl, is they typically put a Band-Aid on things and they keep pushing the baton forward. Now, I'm saying something that probably doesn't sound nice to some people, and it may be misconstrued as well. But I believe we've got to feel the pain right now and ratchet it up through the uh, the uh, prolong this uh, through the election cycle through the midterms right into the general election now am i wrong for that thinking and no uh you're not wrong for that thinking malcolm as a matter of fact uh, a best friend of mine last night she was just saying the same thing she says i think we have to go through this pain and I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, she may be right. And many people that she listens to may be right. And what you're saying may be very much right as well. Because I think, I think we're just too comfortable. We're just too comfortable right now. Americans are way too comfortable. And Are we the frogs? Are we the frogs in that pot? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Because think about it. Okay, we have all these people marching into our, our country year after year, day after day. You know, so you're living in a you're living in a grass hut. So a cardboard box is going to be more comfortable than a grass hut. So what do we have to compare it to, Malcolm? We live in nice. Even the poorest of Americans live better than some of the wealthiest of people in an island nation. So we have air conditioning. We have people complaining here. Oh, our air conditioning doesn't work. It's not it's not uh, cool enough in my home or it's not warm enough in my nice nice home with with my granite countertops and my marble floors and my things like that and so these other people are just they they just laugh at us and they're envious of us so we're sitting here with all the creature comforts that like i said even the poor spirit you know i think of my father who lived in italy he never had air conditioning none of my my cousins even well to do they don't have air conditioning a lot of them don't they open up the windows when it's appropriate and they close the windows when it's appropriate i mean we're just so used to our creature comforts, we don't know what it feels like to be uncomfortable. And until we get more uncomfortable, sadly to say, I don't think we're going to do anything. People are just going to sit back and wait. We definitely take it for granted, Carl, but but I'll even one-up you a moment here. When you talk about, uh, uh, and you made me think when you said, well, even our poorest are, um, in many cases, we can't say always, but better off than other third world countries or areas that we are at sometimes being even compared to these days, Carl, uh, quite frankly. But but he, here's what I would say to that. Um, you know, it, it's a good point to remind ourselves, and I, I haven't heard this in a while, but there are a lot of people, including our veterans here and others, Carl, who need uh, uh, a, uh, how do you say, not a hand out, but a hand up. 
Uh, many of these need a hand up. And, you know, we're not paying attention to that right now because we've now got this influx of um, people from other countries. And listen, I have no problem whatsoever. And let me be very clear with helping any human being around the world. I, I really, in fact, I, I, I get it. I want to help folks everywhere, whatever the boundaries are or limitations are. But Carl, I think that we, we've got to, you know, the old saying that charity begins at home. We, we've got to fix where we live and the people we have. And there's a lot of poverty here. There's a lot of homelessness here. There's a lot of filth. Uh, there's a lot of poor. But we're not focused on that at all. We seem to be focused on just, again, all these uh, migrants and illegal activities, which uh, combined with whatever else is happening in terrorist activities. That's a problem, Carl. That's a problem. Yes, it's a, it's a horrible problem, but you know, I, I hate to sound like a preacher, but even Jesus said, you know, he said, the poor will always be with you when, you know, Martha put the expensive perfume and, 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 and rubbed it on his feet and she was chastised by her sister, you know, oh, we could have sold that perfume. We could have sold that perfume and, and, and fed a few poor people. Well, that's true. But then once the perfume is gone, it's gone and we still have the poor people. So I'm, I'm absolutely an advocate, and I have as well as you have. We help poor people. We help, you know, we want to help anybody. Yeah. We don't want to see yeah. anybody suffer, especially, yeah. you know, our veterans and all that at large. But giving away, giving away the kitchen sink is not going to solve our poor people problem. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. You, you always have, that's one of the things I admire about you. You have a good heart as well. And I, I, I really well, respect you. that. I, no, I mean, I really respect that about you. Uh, and you always do. I've never heard you not be sensible when it comes to these things. Uh, now, let me throw you this, um, this, this quandary here and see what you think. So, all right. So there are a couple of scenarios here. One is what they normally do, again, put on the Band-Aids, make it, you know, it's like when I'm seeing some of the comments from Chuck Schumer recently, uh, and if I start to get into some of the specific comments he's making, uh, Carl, I will probably blow an aneurysm uh, because they're, they're laughable. When I see him come on the newswire, Carl, and I see these comments, they're laughable. And I sit there and about choke on my, you know, uh, spit uh, about where this guy is. I, I was going to say vomit, but this is probably not the right word. Uh, but let me ask you this about the, um, uh, the this Band-Aid approach versus the pain factor. Now, all right. I'm seeing uh, some of our uh, distinguished writers and uh, folks on the network here, including the gentleman that was up front of the program there, Mike, that are saying uh, the question is being posed like this. Why would the federal government, uh, you know, do what they're doing? Why, why would they prevent doctors, Carl, from prescribing life-saving drugs uh, like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and others in the regimen? There's been no talk about that from anybody through the uh, CDC, the FDA, Fauci. None of them would come out in front of that and said, you know what, just the frontline doctors and McCullough and our people here, MDs and others that are in that network uh, here. So why would the federal government um, that is controlled by, again, the, the left, the far left, want to prevent doctors from prescribing life-saving drugs. Why do you think that is? So here it is, in my opinion. When you speak the truth, it somehow makes it true. It manifests it into truth. My opinion, because they want us dead. They want many people dead. Gates has said it over and over, you know, all his... His cohorts have said it over and over. We need to uh, we need to get the population down. The population is too big. You know, I've heard this ever since I was a kid, and I'm 
quite mature right now. You know, oh, the, the population explosion. And you remember that word, don't you? The population explosion, the population explosion. How are we going to feed all these people? How are we going to house all these people? Well, yeah, we're at that point every day. How are we going to feed these people coming in? How are we going to house these people coming in? How are we going to house all these homeless people in America? How are we going to feed all these homeless people in America? We have soup kitchens. We have churches. We have synagogues. We have people passing out food. But it never changes. It never ends. Like I said, we're always going to have the rich. We're always going to have the poor. That is never going to change. That's been since the beginning of time. It will never change. So it, we're called upon as, as good people to help people. Of course we are. I, you know, I don't want to see anybody coming across our border starve to death or, or, or die from exhaustion. Nobody does. But the truth is, you know, they're, they're doing this to seek a, a better life. Now, you can agree with that or disagree with that. You know, I might think myself, oh, you know, I live in a crappy neighborhood. Do I have the right to move into Malcolm's neighborhood because he lives in a nicer neighborhood? Should I have that right just because I say, well, but I live in a crappy neighborhood. I'm escaping my crappy neighborhood. I want to go live in a better neighborhood. Is that my right? Is that my right to do so? Is, is all these left-wing people going to defend that right? I don't think so. Do you? Do you believe they're, they're going to defend that right? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, you know, here's the thing, though, with, with, with what I ask you and what you're saying there, there there's one other piece here when it comes to um, in, 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 uh, leaving the vaccine out of the equation a moment, because that's a really uh, very personal thing. And uh, by the way, have you you been vaccinated, Carl? Uh I refuse to answer that question. Do you really? Do you really? <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> I'm going. No, no, no. Uh, I haven't heard you I, ever say that before. Refuse to answer anything. That's uh, interesting. This, 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 this is what I say. Well, you know, you don't know who's listening, right? I don't. But it doesn't make you a bad guy, NSA. by the way. It doesn't no, make I, I, I am not vaccinated. I, I, like many others, have had COVID. I feel like. I am, you know, I really like Dr. McCullough that you have on your program over and over again. I highly respect him. I argue with my beloved sister, who I love and respect dearly, who's been a nurse for 35 years. And she'll say, but, but, but Carl, you know, these people are coming to my hospital and, you know, it's the unvaccinated that are on ventilators. It's the unvaccinated. And I said, sister, how do you know this? I said, are, are, are they really sitting there doing a tally? And I said, what do you think they're going to tell you? I said, you know, for a fact, and I did change her mind. I said, you know, for a fact that you're getting money. Your hospital is getting money from the federal government. I said, your, your doctors that you love, there so much. And she does. She's highly respected. And I said, what else are your doctors going to say? They're employees. And I want your people to hear this on this show. Doctors are employees. They're not all independent doctors, such as the ones you have on your show. Right. That's a good point. They're employees. They're and they employees. have to beat they to a certain narrative, right? Exactly. Yeah. They have they yeah. want to they want to keep yeah. their jobs. They want to still live in their country club home. Right. They're yeah. not going to give that up. They're not going to give that up for an ideal or or because, well, I really don't believe in the vaccine either, yeah. uh, Carl's sister. But you know what? If I don't take it and I don't promote it, I'm gonna lose my job. And I can't afford to lose my job. I got three yeah. kids in college, two kids in braces, I got a dog that needs, you know some kind of medical treatment, and my wife wants to go shopping at the most exclusive store in the neighborhood. They're not going to give that up, Malcolm. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the, the vaccine thing, and it, let me just say something to you back before we, before I make this other point on the unconstitutional power grab and this election business. Um, 
there's a um, this whole vaccine thing about immunity. You, you talk, Carl, about natural immunity, right? It's what you were yes, sir. Uh, yes. right, talking about there a moment. OK, versus uh, the well, first of all, let me say this to you. For those who are getting vaccines, they're not lasting, number one. The immunity factor, some are getting six months, if that, from them. And in fact, I just did a story. In fact, if you go to americaoutloud.com, uh, look at, it's around the front page now, but or you can get it under my name, uh, Malcolm Out Loud, under our team, as you know. It's called, uh, and you might have seen this one, Carl, the effectiveness of natural immunity, okay? Yes. The effectiveness. Yes. And this is a really good one to send to your sister, by the way, which is why I bring it up. Oh, I do. Trust me. I send, you, right. I send articles well, to my sister all the time. Uh, well, this one would be <laughs> ideal to send everybody like that, and I'll tell you why. First of all, there's several, there's three key things to this article I want to mention, Carl, to listeners and, and for you to tell your sis. And we don't do this with, we're not telling sis to be disrespectful. We're telling sis to be truthful, okay? Okay, let me be clear. I'm not trying to be a smart guy here. Okay. Exactly. Um, but listen to this story at the top of this uh, article I'm looking at right now, Carl. Um, <clears throat> so uh, this holy, where people think the vaccine is the holy grail for the effective treatment of the SARS-CoV-2, I say, and, and uh, this will touch your heart. What I tell you next, tell that to the family of Cal and Linda Dunham of Michigan who were both double vaccinated, and yet they died one minute apart this past week from COVID, Carl. Oh, Within oh. days, their conditions deteriorated, and they ended up on ventilators. On Monday, they died after being taken off life support. Cal at 11.07, and Linda less than a minute later. Now, I put a link in there to another story on the New York Post as well. But as I say... There are countless stories just like this one all across America. So let me be clear. So respectfully, I would say to your sister and many others in the healthcare, and I know they're pushing it because I've seen them on visits uh, that my wife and I've had to go to, and they are pushing that vaccine. Even if you've had COVID, they're saying, now you've got to get in and get vaccinated. It's almost like you, you've created a sin, Carl. That's the impression they give you back. Like you've created some sort of a sin. You've broken one of the commandments. You know what I'm saying? You know, the 10 commandments. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you, yes. Really, it's like you've broken a commandment and you need to go to confession box because like you get your vaccine, little Carl. What the hell's the matter with you? And if yeah. you had the COVID, then you're supposed to still get it. Well, Carl, there's danger in you for doing that if you've had COVID. And here's the thing that this story, this post I just mentioned, the effectiveness of natural immunity, as it says in here, what Dr. Peter McCullough says, and let me read you exactly what he's saying. He says, SARS-CoV-2 causes an infection in humans that results in robust, complete, and durable immunity, superior to vaccine immunity, which by comparison has demonstrated massive failures, including now, this at the time was over 10,000, but it's north of 15,000, between 15 and 20,000 now of documented vaccine deaths, as well as many, many injuries. So that particular article, for anybody who's listening, who wants facts about natural immunity that Carl talks about there, go read the story there, see that point, see, and then there's a couple of things in here, Carl. Uh, Dr. McCullough's uh, Post uh, the risk of vaccines for those recovered from COVID 19, Crema, Raw, Methodicus. Those are three studies <clears throat> that McCullough talks about all the time about natural immunity, Carl. And it puts it in perspective that tells us so, Carl, you've had COVID. I've had COVID. Malcolm's had COVID. We have better immunity than all these crackerjacks 
who are running around with the vaccine because they they to make that personal decision. That's up to them. Our decision is not to do it. I'm happy to say that. There's no way I'm getting a damn vaccine. I don't care if you tie a thousand dollars around the vaccine or five thousand dollars. I'm not getting the damn thing. Okay, I'm, I'm not doing it. Also in this post here is Senator Ron Johnson. He sent a letter. I don't know if you've seen that, Carl. He sent a letter to the CDC and the FDA, uh, to uh, Fauci and Walensky there, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, uh, as well as uh, Anthony Fauci. And, and it's a great letter. If you haven't read it, go read Senator Ron Johnson's letter. It is shocking that Fauci does not have a firm grasp on the effectiveness of natural immunity. And, and, and uh, Senator Johnson calls him on the carpet, uh, Carl. That's a great post. Go read it. But he knows. Look, you've he known knows. me a long time. Oh, Fauci knows. Of course he knows. Talk to me. He, Talk he, to me, brother. He, he's, to been, me. he's been a doctor for a hundred years. He, he's not a he's not hundred years. Man. What's he? One hundred and ten. One hundred and twenty. At least. At least. At least. <laughs> I think, you know, he, he's got the Frankenstein bolts at his neck. I mean, look at these people, Malcolm. <laughs> you know, I posted yesterday. Yes, I'm the cynic and I don't care what people think of me. I really don't anymore. But I'm the cynic. But I, I look at these people like Nancy Pelosi, you know, eight, what is she, 80, 100 now? She looks she looks fantastic. I know she's got the she's got the same uh, plastic surgeon as Michael Jackson. And well, she has paper, paper mache, paper mache uh, holding her face but, up, buddy. But my point is, my point is, you know, my mother's about to turn 85. My mother can't hardly walk. My mother can't hardly hear. My mother can't. Hear. You know, I mean, this is not atypical of an 85 year old person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, you know, I just lost my father and, and, and in the 80s. And that's not atypical. But here, here are all these people. Now explain to me, Malcolm. Yes, I'm the cynic. And I said this yesterday. I posted it. I don't know if you read my post. I said, why is it that none of these major left-wing players, mm-hmm. none of them, have had COVID so badly that they've been put on ventilators, that they've been hospitalized, that they've gotten so sick. Oh, are they trying to tell us it's because they wear their mask? Oh, please, come on. Well, Carl, answer that question. Why is that? You tell me, why is that? Because, A, I I don't think, I think they do have uh, maybe an antidote uh, for this this bioweapon they created. You know, why aren't they all dropping it? Why aren't all these people at the border dropping dead, Malcolm? If uh, uh, Let's go back to Afghanistan. I posted over and over and over. I did get a few people's attention. Right. You, you saw the pictures. These people, 1,000, 2,000 people or more on a plane, grouped together, not wearing masks. Now, if anybody knows anything about Islam, and we could, I, 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 I beg them to call into your show. Please, please, any Muslim that's listening to this show, please call in and tell us what you think of vaccinations, because I know the answer. I know other yeah, Muslims have yeah. said it. We do not believe in vaccinations. We do not believe in immunizations. We believe it makes our boys sterile. They have said this. Ask any Muslim that you know. They don't believe in it. So here we have all these Arabs coming from Afghanistan. Here we have all these people and piled up on a plane. Why aren't we hearing that they're all dropping dead? How come they're not all dropping dead of COVID or at least all on ventilators or at least all on the hospital now? How how is that possible? How is all the soldiers, you know, oh, well, they were vaccinated. Well, just like you, Malcolm, boy, I'm getting fired up. You've got me fired up now, Malcolm. Mm -hmm. I I know three people personally now, three people personally now that are fully vaccinated and have come down with COVID. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's the breakthrough Delta variant. But, But here's the good thing. You won't die. 
you won't die. That, that, here, here's That's not true. I just read you the, the Dunhams in Michigan. You, absolutely, you absolutely, you absolutely did. That's but a ton this of them. Is, but the, this is what they'll hit here. And even, yeah. but, 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 but you won't die if you get, you know, go ahead and get vaccinated. At least you won't get put on a ventilator. Right, so I got to, I got to hold you on. I got to get back. So you believe sure. I, you're, you, there's a nerve you hit with me that we're, we're going to lose here. And you believe, did I hear that right? And this is fascinating to me. You believe, because you bring up a great question. And I think listeners are also wondering when you say, well, uh, why is it these power brokers are not on ventilators or suffering like the average people have? So you're thinking there's some sort of a uh, an antidote, something they have that you think they're not sharing with the American people. Is that what you're saying? That is that is exactly what I'm saying. Wow. I mean, come on, name one person, Malcolm. Am I wrong? Please name name somebody mm-hmm. high up in the Senate, high up in the in the House, mm-hmm. high up, you know, a Democrat. Name one of them. What? None of them get COVID. None of them. Name one rich, big celebrity. You know, a few of them said, oh, yeah, I've had COVID. But name mm-hmm. one of them that's been hospitalized, has been on a ventilator or, or anything like well, that. Well, I can't think of any, actually. I don't know. I don't Absolutely, know. Absolutely. Because there aren't any. How is that possible? Yeah. Tell me yeah. how that's possible. And know. also, my little sister, the one that's a little younger than me, you know, she lives in Blue Star, Illinois. Oh, my God. I'm begging her. But she's about to retire. And of course, she's going to leave. And one of her children is extremely right wing and the other child is extremely wow. left wing. And, and so poor sis. And then, you know, we talk all the time. Well, I was scared to death that my sister would never get woke up. Well, boy, she got woke up and woke up big time. And she says to me, Carl, you know what? I don't believe. And she's vaccinated because she was forced by her company that right. gets governing contracts. Right. Get you know, she didn't want to lose her, her retirement. So she got vaccinated. Thank God she's OK so far. But she says to me, I don't believe that all these people are getting the vaccine. And I said, you know what? I believe you're right, because if everybody got the deadly vaccine at the same time, Malcolm, they'd all be dropping dead at the same time. And that would raise a lot of eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're getting normal saline. I'm getting this, this deadly mm-hmm. vaccine. The other one's getting uh, a half a vaccine. You know, I mean, they're different batches. They're, well, they're and people are wondering, too, the if they're just giving Biden some sort of a saline and not the actual. Uh, you think they're doing that? Giving Biden just a like 100 100 percent. He did. Yes, sir. He didn't get a booster. I Please, wondered he, that he, 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 he didn't get a booster. I was paying very close attention to how she was jabbing him, too. And I'm saying, you know, um, the way she huh, jabbed him, she did. She didn't even jab him correctly. She didn't <laughs> even jab him that. correctly. I could you get know, a cam- I could get a camera. Have somebody give me a shot like I fell to the uh, I gave into the Marxist. Uh, <laughs> And just put saline, put a water product in there and say, no, I'm fully vaccinated, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I watched her jab him. I watched it very closely and she just jabbed and she pushed in yeah. the plunger. Now, any nurse mm. doctor knows you, you put it in and then you pull back on the plunger. You're supposed to make sure you didn't hit a vein or an art. You, you, you're supposed to pull back and make sure you didn't get blood. You don't get blood mm. back in the syringe. You're yeah. supposed to do that for, mm. oh, she just jabbed, pushed, boom, done. Oh, no, no, no. Carly, no. are you talking about vaccines there or your sex life? I'll leave it there, Carl Porfirio. Boy, that's a way to end and shut him up, isn't it, my friends here? Listen, you can reach me back to the network at talk at americaoutloud.com. Everything is back there on the site, so we invite you there to americaoutloud.com, of course. We'll, We'll catch you back there, my fellow Americans. Thank you for being with me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud.